this week on Erotic Reckoning, Edge Play, www.edgeplay.com. Tales from a Princess. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. The Erotic Awakening podcast, as well as workshops by Dana Don, are offered free of charge to our community. Because of the expenses involved, we're grateful to those who support us through Patreon and donations. People like Jen, and Fitness, Rambler, Wayne, and Katie, and Lynn. And Lynn. So, new one as of this morning. I did not see that one. So, yeah, so that one came through. So, Lady, we have just Lady Lynn. so much to talk about today, Dawn. Uh, packed show. We Later in the show, we are going to be talking to Jane Boone about a novel that she has just written called Edge Play. Awesome. Uh, we also have just so much other junk to talk about, but first... Jane Boone's new novel is called Edge Play. And recently on the show, we were talking about heavy scenes. And you and I were just talking a minute ago about the difference between a heavy scene and edge play. Yeah, you were, um, well, we just finished dinner. I just cooked a steak and eggs. Mm -hmm. Yum, yum, yum. So um, one of my cultivations of joy lately has been cooking. Yep. But regardless, you asked me if um, heavy scenes were the same as edge edge play or vice versa. So, for example, and I am, uh, for those... Standing in front of me with your zipper down. <laughs> yes. Standing in front of you with my zipper down is not edge play, right? No. Okay. Um, heavy scene would be something like if I stood here and I punched you and kicked you. That would be a heavy scene, right? Yes. Okay. But this. Uh-oh. <gasps> mm. This is me putting a knife mm. to your neck. And running it down your front, mm. like so. Well, you're gonna be pretty useless for the podcast now. <coughs> so, for those uh, because we didn't do that on video, uh, I stood over Dawn. I grabbed a pocket knife that I keep handy and flipped it open and put it up to her throat, and Dawn went all spacey. So that was edge play. Yes, <laughs> literally edge play. Edge of a knife. Edge of a knife, yes. So, so the diff- that's not a heavy scene, though. No. Right? So not the way we were defining it in our last podcast. Where we were talking about waterboarding and stuff. Yes, I'm trying to get my, <laughs> my head back. Um, yeah, where we were talking about waterboarding and stuff, which is heavy scenes. And um, s- waterboarding is still edge play. Absolutely. But it's also a heavy scene, whereas exactly, rough body play can be, it is a heavy scene, and is edge play for many. How so, so? How is punching edge play? Oh, or how oh. is it not edge play? No, I was thinking, how is it edge play? Rough but, body play, but when you say specifically punching. Right, yeah. Punching is on that edge of... Um, trying to put words to this is going to be a little complicated. So let's go back to the knife play. Mm-hmm. All right? The knife play, you didn't do anything that was rough or heavy, or anything. You were straddling my leg. You had a sharp blade to my throat. And I instantly went still when I heard the knife click open. So that is uh, uh, personal safety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stay still. Don't move. <laughs> you know? 
Um, intense, very intense, but not heavy. Definitely yeah. edge play, though. Uh, you know, and and like I said, we got a lot of lot of things to talk about in the podcast today, and I don't want to belabor this too much because who cares about the terminology so much, right? You don't want to get stuck in terminology hell. But there are some things that, for me, I would say this is edge play, but not a heavy scene. Mm-hmm. Normally, a heavy scene. For me, heavy scene, one of the key factors between uh, uh, that I would distinguish something as a heavy scene is there's energy involvement, right? Mm. There is physical energy expelled versus... Now, you physically expel energy for edge play as well, but it's a different energy altogether. So, for example, edge play... I, and edge play can be heavy play and heavy play can heavy scenes and heavy scenes can be edge play. But the separation I say for edge play, I think about things like uh, knife play, cuttings, needle play, uh, apparently a lot of sharp edges on edge play, but that's not necessarily true. Right. Fire. In, for inter- me. Uh, gosh, interrogation play. Fire. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Interrogation goes either way. Right. Um, edge- humiliation play. Where do you put that? It depends what kind of humiliation play, right? And I, I think, um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about this. And I think edge play for me can be different for each person. Mm. So like sensual humiliation play for me, calling me a slut, calling me a whore, calling mm-hmm. me dirty, you know, things like that that bring out my inner slut, I don't consider that edge play. Someone that has issues with the word slut or slutty energy, that's going to be edge play for them. Mm-hmm. Right, not necessarily a heavy scene, but edge play, degradation, humiliation. Where if you called me fat or worthless or something like that, that would definitely be edge play for me. Mental edge play. It would actually be a mentally heavy scene. I wonder then if a heavy scene is our like, for example, consensual non-monogamy is this umbrella term. And maybe for us in this, what we're talking about, heavy scene is the umbrella turn where edge play is an aspect of it. I don't know. It could be. And it's, it's hard to figure out a little bit. So, cause like I said, calling me fat or something that I consider degrading would be a heavy mental scene for me. Um, from the outside, it wouldn't look like a heavy scene. Mm-hmm. If you were punching me, Many people would consider that a heavy scene. I enjoy the fuck out of it. So mm-hmm. is it a heavy scene or is it my kink or is it, you know, whatever. Electrical play, mm-hmm. right? Some people would consider that edge play, right? It's electrical. There's some electrical I won't even do, like tens units and stuff. But a violet wand, I'll do that. But it's still considered edge play. See, uh, I don't know that I'd call a violet wand edge play. Yeah, some people maybe would. The, maybe the aspect of edge play, which makes it different from a heavy scene or other scenes, is the potential for harm. See, and that's where I think, I think that's where I go. And that's why I was saying mentally heavy. It doesn't mm. even seem heavily from the outside, but mentally it could be heavy or edge play. Because, um, yeah, see, I'm, I'm going all over the place now because while I'm talking about degradation play humiliation play that would be edgy for me i'm picturing the scene that i had with someone that was a violent wand electrical play that could be seen as heavy because of the energy that was involved in it and the holding me down while doing Uh electrical play while wearing a leather apron so that they don't get shocked and you know that whole 
energy dynamic. So I'm thinking two different things in my head and I'm not sure how to separate them. I think though, if you think about, so let's say, let's look at something that's, see it, the tricky bit is right. If I, I was thinking about, so, well, what's not edge play or a heavy scene, right? A simple flogging, right? Worst case scenario is you wrap and you leave a bruise, right? That's right. not good, but it's not the worst thing in the world, right? Where if we're doing knife play, and I slip. We're talking hospital. Boom. Mm-hmm. Right away. Right? But a lot of this is dependent on the human being. A spanking is going to be a heavy scene and edge play for somebody, for some people, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on what you're bringing to the table. So as I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning of this. Don't get stuck in definitions because they're not going to work. Right. You need to determine for yourself. I mean, overall... Everybody would probably nod and say, yep, yep, knife play, that's that's edge play. But not everybody would agree that a bullwhip is a heavy scene or edge play, right? Now, I don't know who wouldn't think. <laughs> Again, for me, bullwhip meets a classic definition of a heavy scene and mm-hmm. edge play. Because edge play, because the, the opportunity for fucking things up is high. Heavy scene, because... It, requ- it takes you on a pretty hefty journey. So, um, agreed. And what I'm writing down so I don't forget, um, I agree with you about not being stuck with how to define things because that's going to trip you up when you negotiate. Mm-hmm. If I go into a negotiation and I say, oh, by the way, I'm not really into edge play, how people define that is, is you got to have more words. So, because... Age play. Age play for me is edge play. Mm-hmm. It is not for most people. Right. right? Um, I don't know about most people. Well, most people. But I agree There's, that some people do not see it as as, as an edge scene or right, a heavy scene. Right. It's just a thing. It's yep. just a thing that they do. Whereas for me, it would be edge play and it's not something that I participate in. So... Um, there, there's other things that some people would consider edge play that I wouldn't, right? So... I love to be single-tailed. Mm-hmm. Is that really edge play? I love to be caned. Is that really edge play? Mm, damage can be done, but not super severe damage. Uh, and I know, I know people can argue that with me too, depending on how the toy is used, right? Yeah, but... So, but I love that stuff. Other people would consider that edge play, like you said, depending on what they bring to the table. Right. And it's really, and this is one of the things for, um, and I'm going to make a little jump here for a second. Okay, um, I put my notes down. And then I'm going to come back to it. (laughs) Princess recently wrote in and said, hey guys, I wanted to pop in and tell you how much I enjoyed your podcast. I'm new here to FetLife and to Kink. I've always expressed my desires until I met someone who feels the same way I do. So now it's on. Woo freaking who. Oh, I love that. Woo freaking who. I do too. (laughs) Because Princess is new to Kink. Mm-hmm. And Princess uh, revealed that they were in our age range, right? And they mm-hmm. just found all this stuff. Oh, wow. That that gives them the opportunity to see all this with a fresh set of eyes. Mm-hmm. So don't ask, don't tell them that such and such a thing isn't a heavy scene or an edge play, mm-hmm. right? Because what they're bringing in, in their new eyes to it, let's face it, all of this shit is heavy scenes. All of it's edge play. If... You come at it from a perspective of all I've ever done in my life is vanilla sex. Right. You know? Now, we, and this is a weakness of people like yourself and myself, 
we've been around the scene for a while. We get a little jaded. You're not kidding. Yeah, absolutely, right? It's like, oh, look, somebody's doing uh, Florentine flogging. Yippity skippity. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody just, um, you know, I see somebody getting caned and I'm more about the technique than I am about the physical trauma that they're going through, right? I actually got excited at a tapas event up at Kinky College mm-hmm. because someone was going to demonstrate porcupine quills. Uh-huh. Woohoo! Right? Right. You know, not edgy, not heavy, but something I had never seen before. <laughs> and I really wanted to try it out. So, so after but, you, did you try it out? Yeah, I did. Was it edgy or heavy? No. So, but... Think about if you'd been attacked by a porcupine as a kid. <laughs> Fair. That could have been edgy, yep. right? How about um, fucking, oh my God. When we first got started, somebody used vampire gloves on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know one person that did is also a uh, listener that listens all the time. This is not that listener. This is before that. I don't even know who you're talking about. This is way before that. Okay. And those particular, um, and at the time, right, we were like, oh, vampire gloves, they, they're stingy, but that's not edge play. But little did we know that person was kind of unskillful and drew blood. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't something that was either negotiated or done in a particularly safe way, right? If you got to do a blood-based thing, yeah. you got to do it in a very particular way. So that became, now if you ask me, vampire gloves, I'd say, fuck yeah, that's edge play. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, because, and for people that don't know what vampire gloves are, you're talking about the one with the little spikes in them, right? Yeah, yep. It looks like a fur glove, or at least that one did. Look no, like this a- is a leather one. I know who you're thinking of the fur one, but this is a leather one with the spikes. Same thing, oh, same concept. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, and then later, I got played with, and that person did not draw blood. But, um, yeah, that's definitely yeah. edge play. So, in my world, anyway, well, maybe someone else, that's their Tuesday evening. Absolutely. <laughs> Fucking hey, invite us over on a Tuesday then. What's going on there? Uh, we're going to find out more about Edge Play when we talk to Jane Boone later in the podcast. She recently wrote a book called Edge Play. Edge Play. And we had a very fascinating the, conversation with them. Though the book is a little different than what we were just talking about. So, Absolutely. But we'll find out. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out when we talk with her. Yep. Um, if you are not tired of hearing us talk, then you can hear us talk some more. <laughs> this Sunday, we have a Zoom meeting on sensual BDSM. So there is a, uh, so that's February 7th, 2021. There is a FET event out there for this, and I will also be advertising it tomorrow. So if you are on our Instagram, our Facebook, our FET Life, what else do we have? Twitter? Uh, I think we're actually out on Reddit. So I should have it in all the places. Newsletter is coming out as well. Ooh, that'll be a segue later. So Sensual BDSM on Zoom, February 7th. Yep. And then on February 11th, I'll be running Eros Gathering, which is my energy group on Zoom. And the topic is energy, chakras, and sex. If you want more information about these and other stuff that we do, you can head over to theeroticawakening.com and get your EA shout-outs by signing up for the occasional newsletter. So, And it'll have the latest podcast news, plus sometimes we throw out discounts on our books and stuff and the new book and all that type of stuff. But the best part is this part. Yes. New subscribers to the newsletter include... Annette from Indiana. Non, oof. Oh, 
So I actually had to research this one. Let okay. Me do this one. You do this one. So this is Nanya B from South Kalaki. Kalalaki Kalak- is, is how they how they typed it out. South okay. Kalalaki. And I looked it up, and the closest thing I could find was that this is South Carolina. Oh, okay. So yeah. And Wendy <laughs> from Zanesville. Which is here in Ohio, and Angela from Florida. Do you know Wendy from Zanesville? One of the reasons we moved to Ohio in the first place was because we were going to move to Zanesville because I just thought the name of the town sounded so much fun. Zanesville! I we thought that were. Would be, yeah. And we yeah. ended up in Newark. Because we got to Zanesville <laughs> and looked around. We should have got True. you to give us a tour because we went through the well, less zany parts of Zanesville. You were going to work for the Pepsi company, mm-hmm. and my husband at the time was going to work for Domino's. Woo-hoo. That's a <laughs> different story. I'm so glad we ended up in Newark and then Columbus. Other thing I wanted to mention is I like having little creative projects. And sometimes uh, they are not little creative projects, but end up being massive <laughs> overhauls. If you've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, you've heard me say this probably four or five times now. I redesigned the website from scratch. Yay! Again. Just for fun. You liked on that. If you head over to eroticawakening.com and poke around on that website and find where the links that I think are links don't work or my misspellings or pictures of people you don't want out on that website, <laughs> let me know. There's I'd, no random pictures. I would, uh, you don't know, man. <laughs> You're fucking coding at 2 a.m. You're like, yeah, hey, there's a picture of a rabbit. I'm just going to shove that in there. People work it out. Awesome. So, um, I threw something out there on all of our social media. Did it stick? Uh, yeah, it stuck, but we only got a couple of replies. So, I threw out there, and again, like I said, we're on Twitter and Instagram and blah, 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 all those places. And um, I asked people what was on their naughty bucket list, and I shared one of mine, which is, and I plan on doing this as Oh, I don't know about as soon as we're able to do things after COVID, but sometime after we're meeting in person again, I want to be wrapped in bubble wrap mm-hmm. and single-tailed. Cool. So, yeah, I had someone reply, um, God damn it, Adam replied and said that he had done it with balloons before. Oh. And I'm like, okay, I get balloons and I could see, I could see where that's cool, but I'm thinking with balloons... You wouldn't feel the single tail, but you would feel the balloon popping against your skin. The bubble wrap, I'm hoping to actually feel the single tail through the bubble wrap Mm -hmm. while the bubbles are popping. If not, it'll be scary as hell regardless. Yeah. Who do we know has got a balloon popping fetish? Sheba. Oh, yeah. People put balloons in her office when we're done with them when she had an office just so she could straddle them and pop them. Yep. Speaking of social media, I see that... Oh. Yeah. Wait, you didn't I, finish that? I, I did, I know. I got book. two more responses. Oh. So Jenny spoke up and said that she wanted a DP, so mm-hmm. like me, so she hasn't had hers yet, and she wants a sexual takedown scene. I wonder if Jenny mm. has a, um, see, a DP is a double penetration mm-hmm. scene, so an SP would be a single presentation. No, single Pen- penetration. penetration scene. If Jenny has a partner that will do a single penetration, and you've got a partner that ha- does a single presentation. Penetration. penetration. Maybe between the, the two of us, we could do two double present penetrations. I can't say that word anymore. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm not picturing what you mean, but I am all for side-by-side fucking too. Well, there you go. We've done that before at a ritual. 
Uh, we have oh, we have done that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was hot. My and foot was touching somebody else while you were fucking me. And that is actually someone else. The fucking next to someone side by side is actually one of the earliest scenes we've done. Mm-hmm. Up at a swing club in Dayton, I think it was. Oh. With J&M. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was hot. See, we don't have to do it with other people. Just being in the same room. Man, that's the whole voyeurism, no, I think exhibitionism, the, the side by side. That's whew. Also, uh, from your uh, naughty bucket list, Johnny oh. Jackhammer responded by saying he was looking for a glory hole. Um, I just find it stunning that Johnny Jackhammer has not done a glory hole. I feel like on he's done everything. Bucket list. You would, maybe he's like me and puts things on his list that he wants to do again and again and again. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and finally, speaking of social media, um, I do want to mention that. So one of our Facebook or one of our listeners was looking for. Tentacles, tentacles for, for you <laughs> and so john wrote in and said now facebook just keeps showing him tentacle related things all the time that's funny because people send me all these things but facebook doesn't pick up on it so i don't get i don't get that it is so weird to me that if i go in there and search instagram for a tentacle picture that google and Facebook will start realizing I'm a tentacle freak and start sending me information, you know, tentacle-related things. Maybe I need to do that then instead of reading other people's links. But I like other people's links. I was going to say, it's better to get other people's <laughs> links. All right, let's get into that uh, conversation with uh, Jane Boom, Boone on awesome. Edge Play. So, Dawn, recently Happy you and I had a episode of the Erotic Awakening podcast where we talked about edge play and we gave mm-hmm. our opinions about it and we gave our opinion and we got a lot of feedback about the heavy scenes and whether newbies should be allowed to see heavy scenes and if they're not allowed. Or yeah, even have them demoed or have them as a teaching topic. So it uh, kind of felt like we had one group of people saying, yes, 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 let's teach everybody so they do it correctly or more safely. And a whole other group of people that were saying, no, 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 they shouldn't even be exposed to it because they can do Dumb things, basically. Absolutely. But the the interesting thing is recently we heard from a new podcast listener who, because they came across our podcast, found out that the world of kink actually exists. Mm -hmm. So when people come across books and media and that kind of thing related to kink, um, there's got to be a way that they can take that information and transform it if they choose to into real life. Especially if they find it hot. Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> I assume only if they find it hot. Right. If, I mean, sometimes if you think if you're going into kink as a weight loss diet, then there's easier ways to do that. That is true. Not now, funner ways, but easier ways. I just had a conversation. Um, actually, this this brings up a thing. Um, I had a conversation with CP last uh-huh. night. Uh, returned into fat mail, not actually a conversation. And they're very much into exhibitionism. And they were they were reading my stuff and going, oh, so you're into exhibitionism. When did you get started thinking about that? And I'm like, whoa, I had to really think back. Oh, yeah, I did. I read something that really tweaked my buttons that mm-hmm. was really, really hot. And people have more access to that now. So they're reading stuff that they find hot, even if it's edgy. Nice segue. Well done. (laughs) Lucky for us here on the podcast tonight, we have Jane Boone, author of a new book called Edge Play. Jane, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Dan and Dawn. It's such a pleasure to be here. And 
Edge play is both a practice and a metaphor. I mean, it's about getting up to your limits and just playing with that edge and testing yourself, testing your stamina, testing your acumen, testing your body sometimes mm -hmm. and seeing what happens. And my protagonist for my novel has that experience professionally. She's an investment banker who is in the financial crisis, which is just the worst time to be in finance. Sure. And her world falls apart around her. And the place she finds safety and solace is in the BDSM dungeon. When a girlfriend reveals that in the basement of her Chelsea art gallery, she has a secret and that she's actually a professional dominatrix. And with a little training, she invites the investment banker to take over her practice for a little while while my Uber Dom goes off on an adventure. But it's about testing yourself and seeing if you have the wherewithal to prevail over the challenges in front of you. And of course, in kink, we see that all the time because that's part of the fun, right? Mm -hmm. It's to see what we can transform. Maybe it's in pain, maybe it's humiliation into an experience that transcends the moment, perhaps into even pleasure. And she has that trajectory. She goes from sort of downtrodden number two to somebody who finds her personal power yeah. in a BDSM milieu. And it makes her a better woman and a better executive. That's really awesome. I'm actually um, picturing something. We, someone was telling us they didn't understand why women like to get their breast bruised or any bruises, right? And something you just said was it was it's it's a a test of oh what did you say? It was a test of something. <laughs> but but we like to show off that stuff, you know. We made it through the thing, and, right. and we've got trophies to, it's to show for it. It's a physical manifestation of something you took on. Yeah, I mean it's a really fascinating way that. Even a bruise can be more than a bruise. Mm -hmm. It's it's a symbol of accomplishment even. If you like that stuff. I mean, if you don't, right, then, right. It's, then no, it's something just, else. Just something you said in the story. Just, just kind of, you know. Brought went, that to mind. Brought that to mind. So I haven't had enough caffeine today. So, <sighs> but um, it's it's like uh, when I get caned and I don't end up with marks, it's like, oh, well, how, how does anybody know or me? <laughs> that I just yeah. went well, through that. You're that an exhibitionist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that's your that's your medal of honor for having taken on the caning. I mean, it's a pretty miserable thing to experience without some sort of reward at the end, right? Until the pain turns into pleasure, right? Right. So those endorphins kick in. So what um what how do you write a story like this? Why why this theme? So um, I'm 53, but in my 20s, I was I was a little crazy. Just by happenstance, I discovered the existence of the scene thanks to an AOL chat room called Stocks and Bonds. And <laughs> what I discovered is when you're a cute and curious 20-something, the doors to the kingdom swing wide for you. Yes. And you can do just about anything. You can see whatever you want. And I was enchanted. I wanted to see it. I'd been fun deprived because I had been a very serious student up until that time and dedicated to getting A's and into grad school. And it was like this release. And it was thrilling to see transgression. I mean, we're 
let's be serious. We're violating social norms. We're fucking around with gender rules. We're, we're doing things that fall out of the norm, just to be polite. And I'm, I grew up in a very polite family. I grew up in Canada and I was like, holy shit, this is great. <laughs> Who are these gangsters and what are they <laughs> doing to each other? And bring it on. So I, I immersed myself in it. And then to be honest, as I was thinking about doing a PhD, it dawned on me if I wanted to one day get a a security clearance or something, because I'm an engineer by training, mm -hmm. I might want to put a little distance between myself and my, 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 my slutty adventures um, in that period. So um, I, I shifted back and became kind of a normie. But those days stayed with me. And um, the most vivid character was a professional dominatrix whom I became very friendly with, who had a really nice practice and that she let me help. You know, I was willing. I had extra hands. I got my hands dirty. Sometimes I was just watching. And just seeing how she conducted the work, seeing who the men were, watching how she used storytelling to create these intense erotic moments for her clients. And then she'd send them out the door, you know, go back to accounting or whatever it was. <laughs> I loved that. It was this confluence of fantasy and commerce that captivated me. And I always wondered what would it take for, you know, this boring little engineer to be that woman? And the scenario I created for the novel, which was that she basically got blasted out of her nice, tidy job by a financial crisis and student debt, um, which made her receptive to this, this becoming a gangster, really, um, was a, a creative outlet for me. And it let me go back and visit some of those places that I had, I had checked out in my twenties. I, when you're, when you're a PhD, everybody takes it seriously when you say you're going to do research. <laughs> right. My research took me to fetish events. I went to like mm -hmm. the best SNM dungeon in Paris. I went to a Shibari studio in Antwerp. I, I travel a lot and I just, re-inhabited those spaces with a gusto that that was just really very seductive and a blast and and even as a you know I went I'm no longer the cute and curious 20 something year old I'm you know I was pushing 50 at the time and let me tell you women are women are welcome in those spaces even if all you want to do is watch and I mm -hmm. think that's something women don't realize just how welcome we are oh yeah you know, we don't need a Sherpa to take us to them. Nope. We can just go by ourselves and take it in. And we're generally very well received. Mm -hmm. No expectations. You get to That's just right. go watch. And That's been your experience too? Oh, absolutely. And we actually ran a space here in Columbus for five years. So mm -hmm. we, we just had to close because of, of COVID. And... Um, Oh, yeah. New people would come in all the time and they'd be terrified. And I'm like, you know what? When I take you past the curtain, there's going to be nudity. There's going to be screaming. Remember, it's all consensual. I'm going to tell you some expectations and some rules. And otherwise, just watch and have fun. No expectations, you know? And yeah, that was that was pretty amazing. And, right. and, and having privilege just to watch, I think, is, mm -hmm. is pretty amazing. Just to take it all in. I mean, if you're curious, it's a way to to do so safely, oh, to, absolutely. to go to an environment like yours, 
nothing's going to happen unless you initiate it. Right. So, and it's a whole different culture. So it's neat to just sit and watch because a lot of people will get nervous of, I don't know how to act. And it's like, man, just, just sit back, watch and see what other people do and you'll get the lingo. And before we switch conversation and it falls out of my head though, because I'm also 53 and it's Uh really refreshing to talk to someone that's like, you know, back in the AOL days, because I'll say like IRC or something like that. And most people don't know what that means. And I feel- I remember Alt-Sex Bonded. (laughs) Oh yeah. The Usenet news groups. (laughs) Yeah. And it was a different period then because like, let's, let's be serious. Now- there, there are stacks and stacks of books. There are communities like yours. There are podcasts. There are facts online. I mean, the information is there if you want to find it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was a little gnarly back in '93. Yeah. I mean, I feel I feel relieved that we all sort of got through through that period without too many lingering consequences, <laughs> psychological scars only. Right. 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 So I know um, some people we'll talk to, um, we're starting to find people that have been in it for a while. And it's like, so what year did you get into it? Oh, about 98. Yeah, I'm 98 too. Oh, I'm 90. Oh, that's when the internet became more available and we were finding <laughs> Right, stuff. that's when browsers were on your, yeah, and you weren't being charged by the minute by, right. by the gangsters at AOL. It was expensive, you yeah. know, connecting with the scene and chatting with people, I think. I forget what it was, but it was like five bucks an hour or something. And it, it added and up. And once we got on there, we stayed on there for hours and hours. Yeah. So we've been, uh, it's funny that your uh, story takes place in a art gallery with a dungeon in the basement. Oh, I thought that too. We've had, we used to have a art gallery here in Columbus years and years ago. Not and, us, but the right. community. <laughs> and in the basement was a literal dungeon. And I was like, well, I, I know you've done yeah. a lot of research. I didn't know you were in Columbus doing research, but. I, I, that is just dumb luck, but it's sort of perfect, <laughs> right? I, I mean, art is a tough business, but it's also about selling fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you price an art piece? It's it's about the myth around it. It's about the feeling it evokes, and really, isn't that what BDSM is at some level? Yeah. So as you did this research, um, was there a point where did you separate yourself from what was going on by looking at it with, through the views of research, or did you at any point start to feel a little tingle and say? <laughs> Maybe I should research from the other side of this crop. So it, it was very tempting. Um, I'm a married lady now, and we're not Polly. So, um, you know, unless it's with my husband, it's not going to happen. But he's totally cool with me being in these crazy environments. He's he's a journalist, so he understands, oh, nice. you know, curiosity. But, you know, I, I kept my hands to myself. But... Um, what was fun, actually, is so I grew up in Canada, so I speak some French. Mm-hmm. So I, I get to this BDSM club in Paris, and it was French speaking, obviously. And it dawned on me as I'm, you know, sort of exploring the space that my schoolgirl French is not well suited. <laughs> <laughs> what they taught me back in Ottawa is not helpful. So I used it as kind of um, a language lesson. I I boosted my vocabulary. I didn't know the French word for nipple. Now I do. What is the French word for nipple? I now know what you call a strap-on dildo. I mean, there's just, 
a lot to be learned in an environment like that, even if, you know, you're not, you know, raising a whip. It was it was a blast. And, and quite frankly, I think the gentleman who was, you know, taking it up the ass while I was getting the vocabulary lesson <laughs> kind of liked being the subject of the conversation. I can you know. imagine that. Sure. So that sure. I've been demo bottom before or Dan's demo bottom as he's teaching people or doing. Yeah, that's to to because it's objectification too. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I sort of checked in with him before I like, excusez-moi, monsieur, you know, do you mind if I, you know, ask some questions? Oh, c'est bon, c'est bon. And, um, and then the, the ladies who were working him over, I think there were some club pros. They were just amused because like my questions were so peculiar and, um, and, and it was fun. And I think perhaps it's a scene that, lingers with him to this day because it was so unusual. Oh, yeah. And I mean, when you think about the moments that linger, it's it's always something a little exaggerated. Maybe, maybe you hit an edge. Maybe you had to say for it. Maybe you experienced something you weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fascinating to see what moments have, have staying power. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. I mean, we, we've done, what, 15 events a year? for uh, 15 years now. So lots and lots of events, lots and lots of scenes, lots and lots of experience. And sometimes it's the, the little things that really, yeah. Yeah, it's you. not the huge uh, hook pull that sticks out in your head, but right. it's the small intimate scene in the corner uh, right. sometimes that or, most pulls you or out. Or even like our dancing scene mm-hmm. in Chicago. I mean, we weren't even on... Hell, I don't even think we were fully naked or anything. And it was just really neat how mm-hmm. that worked out. Yep. Well, we're, we're, and, go ahead. And Oh, I'm sorry. I, I think one of the things that people who, who look at it from the outside don't understand is, okay, they're, they're focusing on the, the moments of interaction, the, the actual scene, you know, where, where, where shit's going down. Maybe it's weird. Maybe it's wild. Whatever is happening. But that's the shortest interval. It's the anticipation, which can oh, yeah. be weeks, months, uh-huh. as you kind of gear up. And then the aftermath could be for years. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know when your dancing scene happened, but it doesn't sound like it happened yesterday. It right. sounded like it happened some time ago. Absolutely. And yet it's still something you savor. And that's something I find is really special about BDSM is you can create these intense interactions, these wild moments that linger. It's not just simple, straightforward. Oh gee, I fucked that hottie. It's like, Oh my goodness, there was that dancing thing. And there's a whole narrative around it. And that's much more seductive, but also much more complete, I think, than, um, than you experience in many other ways. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Where can people find this wonderful book? The easiest place is on Amazon, although I hate getting Jeff Bezos any richer. <laughs> the book is called Edge Play, and my name is spelled J-A-N-E-B-O-O-N. And I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, Jane E. Boone. Fantastic. Jane, it's been a pleasure to talk to you today. I hope you have great success with this book, and I hope you have reasons to go do more research. I am all in for research, just like I'm all in for pleasure. Thank you so much, Dan and Don. I'm grateful for the time. Sure thing.